Welcome to the Local Government Bulletin Podcast Series of the Dalla Omar Institute at the University of the Western Cape. Here you can listen to short articles on local government law and policy. We aim to assist practitioners and deepen debates on local governance and service delivery. We hope you enjoy this podcast. The Makana municipality has seen a number of administrative and political interventions to ensure the town function properly. But the people of town, under the umbrella of the Unemployment People's Movement, had enough and took their last recourse with success. But does it constitute judicial overreach? No, say Professor Rosanne Kruger, the Rhodes University Dean of Law. The constitution is supreme and give authority to the judiciary to enforce that supremacy. And that is a check of the exercise of power by another sphere of power rather than an intrusion. Importantly, this doesn't set a precedent as we see from many of the news reports coming uh, comments from the provincial executive. It doesn't mean that we're going to see municipal councils left, right and centre being dissolved. This is a very particular situation where there's a long history, there's a context of non-compliance with a recovery plan that is in place. But this is by all accounts not the end of the line in this saga. An appeal against the judgment is being considered. Yeah, definitely. That's the precedent that we are what we're just concerned about. And uh, we don't want it to create an impression uh, of a, a judicial overreach because everyone goes to court for any relief and court must decide based on facts at their disposal. Even on this one, we believe that court has actually applied its mind based on facts at their disposal. But we still believe there are other areas that the judge didn't really apply her mind on, uh, on based on our papers that were filed. That's why we believe that we can still explore uh, the other avenues on the matter. Uh, and uh, if we allow it like that, I can tell you we can't have government. Uh, government will be collapsed uh, every day. You must also remember, these challenges come back a long time ago. My view is that the municipalities has been on a turnaround plan. They have the directors in place, they have new administration in place, they've got new political leadership in place, and the municipality has turned the corner, in my view. It is just unfortunate that at the time that the decision has been taken, that has not been taken into account by the court. The successful applicants in this matter says an application for leave to appeal the judgment will be disappointing. Well, if the government decides to appeal against the will of the people, if the government decides to appeal against the democratic decision, the democratic struggle of the people, and it's a dark moment for for democracy in this country, it calls upon us to ponder and ask questions about the democratic nature, the democratic setup that we have prior to 1994, because the architect- they're supposed to be the architectures of this democratic dispensation. What it means politically is that the public now does not only have the four-year, the five-year voting cycle in order to enforce regime performance. When a municipality or, or ultimately even national government is not performing uh, uh, and there's a defined you know, parameters for that and the constitutional provision, such as that a municipality is failing its executive functions, then it allows in fact for uh, the recourse of the law, uh, which hasn't been that much prominent in in the relations between the judiciary and the public as well as uh, the other arms of government.
the provincial government has 20 days since the judgment was passed to apply for leave to appeal. Zolani Moya, SABC News, Makanda in the Eastern Cape. Courts forcing provinces to intervene in dysfunctional municipalities, a case study of Makana local municipality by Kirtley Stevens. The rise of judicial mandatory interventions when a municipal council delays or fails to implement the financial recovery plan imposed by the province, can the provincial executive dissolve the municipal council? More specifically, should the provincial executive dissolve the municipal council in terms of Section 1391C or Section 1395 of the Constitution? This article engages these questions with reference to the Unemployment People's Movement judgment delivered by the Makanda High Court Eastern Cape Division on the 14th of January 2020. For the past 20 years, all nine provincial governments have often intervened in dysfunctional municipalities. At times, however, we have observed that while some municipalities are intervening to others despite being in similar troubles or not, it is said that the reluctance or failure of provinces to intervene timelessly in failing municipalities is due to political factors and not legal imperatives. The UPM judgment is a case in point. It concerned Makana local municipality, which despite numerous interventions, remained in a state of collapse, largely because its municipal council failed to implement a financial recovery plan. This plan, dated February 2015, which was imposed by the Eastern Cape Provincial Government aimed to secure the municipality's ability to meet its service delivery and financial commitments, discretionary and mandatory interventions. Section 139 of the Constitution provides for three forms of interventions. Let us briefly explore the two forms of interventions provided in Section 139C and Section 1395 of the Constitution as the judgment revolve around these two sections. Discretion. If a municipality cannot or does not fulfill an executive obligation in terms of the constitutional legislation, a provincial executive may take the following intervention step. A. Issuing of directives, B. Assumption of the relevant obligation, or C. The dissolution of the Municipal Council, as provided in Section 139 sub 1 of the Constitution. As the most intrusive step, a provincial executive may dissolve a Municipal Council if exceptional circumstances warrant such a step. This means that it should only be used in rare instances, in particular where the Municipal Council's conduct is the cause of the continued failure to comply with the executive obligation. Mandatory interventions. A provincial executive must intervene in a municipality if the municipality as a result of a crisis in its financial affairs is in serious or persistent material breach of its obligations to provide basic services or meet its financial commitments as provided in Section 139 sub 5 of the Constitution. Given the deep-seated problem which this intervention seeks to address, the intervention entails a mandatory directive to develop and adopt a financial recovery plan. Only the Municipal Financial Recovery Service Unit, a unit in the National Treasury, may prepare a financial recovery plan for a mandatory intervention. The approved plan binds the municipality in the exercise of its legislative and executive authority, but only to the extent necessary to resolve the financial crisis. 
unlike the discretionary main intervention, a provincial executive has no option but to promptly intervene in the municipality by imposing a financial recovery plan as soon as it can be established that all the criteria for a mandatory main intervention has been met. When the municipal council fails to adopt a budget or revenue raising measure to give effect to the recovery plan, the provincial executive must resolve the municipal council concern and appoint an administrator to give effect to the financial recovery plan. The Kuchi and others versus Prima Mapumalanga province and others' judgment made it clear that if the provincial executive fails to adequately exercise its intervention powers, courts may compel a provincial executive to intervene in a municipality in terms of section 139 sub 5 of the constitution, especially if all the jurisdictional facts as outlined in section 139 and 140 of the Municipal Finance Management Act are prejudiced. Background. The facts of the UPM case are largely well known, which is now briefly mentioned. The Makana local municipality, as of February 2015, is a municipality that has faced and continued to face various challenges in terms of service delivery, financial management and administration. These challenges have been highlighted repeatedly in the Auditor General's annual audit reports. In an attempt to address these challenges, the Eastern Cape Provincial Executive in 2015 intervened in Makana municipality and imposed a financial recovery plan. Yet, despite the 2015 intervention, which was set to last until 2017, the Makana municipality remained in a state of administrative, financial and managerial collapse. For example, the municipality often diverted funds due to ESCOM to pay salaries. In this regard, the Unemployment People's Movement, a civil organization acting on behalf of the residents of Makanda and deeply dissatisfied with the poor implementation of the financial recovery plan, approached the Eastern Cape High Court in 2019, seeking a court order instructing the Eastern Cape Provincial Executive to dissolve the Municipal Council of Makana. The respondents, in particular, the Eastern Cape Provincial Executive, did not dispute that the crisis existed in the financial affairs of Makana. Indeed, this crisis had resulted in Makana municipality being in serious and persistent material breach of its obligations to provide basic services. To this end, the respondents argued that under these circumstances, it would be appropriate for the provincial executive to intervene in terms of section 139 sub 5 of the constitution. The applicants, however, relied on section 1391c of the constitution, in this regard, a discretionary intervention. The applicants argued that a new financial recovery plan administered by the same municipal council will not be the panacea to the worsening problems confronting Makana. In other words, any solution which does not dissolve the municipal council is doomed to fail, so it was alleged. Nevertheless, the provincial executive on the 29th of May 2019, albeit tentatively, adopted a resolution to intervene in Makana in terms of section 129 sub 5. According to the respondents, this resolution rendered the applicant's case moot. Issue. The crisis issue which the court had to determine was whether it could still order the provincial executive to dissolve the council in terms of section 129 sub 1c, despite the fact that the provincial respondents had already taken a decision in terms of section 1995. Judgment. The court in its judgment penned by Justice Stretch held that the section 129 intervention is sensible, logical, practical and obvious in this particular case. 
It does rejected the UPM applicant's argument that the province should intervene in terms of Section 1991C. The court found that all the requirements for a mandated intervention were present. The fact that the UPM applicants relied on Section 1991C and not 1395 did not preclude the court from instructing the province to dissolve Makana's municipal council. In fact, the court did not only base its reasoning on Section 1995, it also relied on the financial recovery plan in itself, which in no uncertain terms stated that, open quote, should the municipality delay or fail to implement the financial recovery plan, the provincial government must consider alternative measures, including the dissolution of the council, close quote. Instead of allowing the provincial government to develop a new financial recovery plan, the court ordered the province to make use of the 2015 financial recovery plan. This plan, which was often avoided or ignored, unlike before, could no longer be escaped. It was now considered as a living document, which is binding on Makana Municipal Council. The court on the undisputed fact further found that the Makana Municipality violated Section 152, Sub 1, and Section 153, Paragraph A of the Constitution, in failing to ensure the provision of services in a sustainable manner and in failing to promote a safe and healthy environment for its community. Discussion The European judgment, along with the Kutcher case, establishes a jurisprudential trend that local communities can, through mandated intervention, hold provinces accountable for failing to supervise municipalities in line with the Constitution. Moreover, the judgment set the following prejudice. First, if a municipal council fails to implement a financial recovery plan, a court may instruct a provincial executive to dissolve a municipal council in terms of Section 1295 of the Constitution. Significantly, courts may also rely on the conditions stipulated in a financial recovery plan when making their decisions such as directing a provincial government to intervene. Second, provinces, as demonstrated in the UPM case, must, before exercising their mandated intervention powers, establish why previous plans fail. This is necessary, particularly in the case of repeated interventions, instances where municipalities are subject to more than one intervention over a time period without yielding any success. The European judgment is different from the Kutcher case. In the Kutcher case, for example, the court ordered the provincial executive to request the National Treasury Treasury's Municipal Financial Recovery Service Unit to develop a financial recovery plan. However, in the UPM case, the court specifically instructed the provincial executive to use the 2015 financial recovery plan. Whether or not this amount to judicial overreach is an issue that is currently on appeal. The Dalai Institute will continue to trace the case in the courts and provide relevant analysis. Thanks for listening. If you found it useful, please share this podcast via your social media. The Local Government Bulletin is supported by the Hans Seidel Foundation and the Bavarian State Chancellery. We are proud to contribute to the debate on local governance and service delivery.